This episode of The Sleazy Podcast is brought to you in part by ShopNerdKO.com. That's ShopNerdKO.com. Your home for all things nerdy. Welcome to The Sleazy Podcast. The podcast about anything and everything, but mostly TV and movies. And now it's time to get sleazy. So what's your favorite silent film? Well, I usually uh, go with my basic answer is the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Okay. Which is the, as you may recall, the DVD I lent Mr. Gayhart some years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's the German Expressionist film. Oh, okay. All right. Of course, you got you got tons of stuff like Buster Keaton. I did, s- who did the comedies and Chaplin and all that. They're all great, too. I saw a, a thread on X where people were discussing their favorite silent movies, and I meant to tag you in it, and I just forgot all about it. Some good stuff. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the world-renowned Sleazy Podcast. I'm your host, Sleazy, and I am joined by my number one, Mr. PBS. Howdy. And Fibzilla's not here tonight. He had to sit with the dog. He had old man duties. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to watch the old man. Um, We sent him a link to this, but I doubt he'll join it. He's terrified, probably. He doesn't want the smoke. Yeah. So filling in for Robzilla is Ned. The stalwart. He doesn't really have a lot to talk about. He's just uh he's just hanging out. Sounds with his captain hat. Right. <laughs> so this is episode one hundred and seventy three. Can you believe we made it this far? No. No, I can't. And people come back and listen every I wish week. I wish we hadn't. Uh, no. <laughs> You could be sitting at home doing nothing right now. It's it was a nice gray rainy day. Your your type of day, right? I was uh, sitting in my recliner, half dozing, watching a Asian cop beat him up movie on this nice gray rainy day, taking a nap. Okay. And you were deciding whether you wanted to record with or without ability. And nope, no one ever talks back to me. It's just like, come on, guys, I can't. Like somebody just wants me to make the decision. <laughs> so I have to do it. You know, I try to be as respectful to everybody's time as I can. But this, this Rob Zilla thing, I, I just, it really irks me when he can't leave the house for two hours because he has to sit with his dog. I, I don't Like I get the whole, like, I can't be there right now because I'm feeding the dog. I understand mm-hmm. that the dog has to take insulin, but man, it, like I would, I would have some, serious problems if i could not leave my house or leave the dog alone mm-hmm. for a couple of hours to go do certain things mm-hmm. like that would uh, that would be the end of that dog uh, like gone sorry love you to death <laughs> but it's time for you to go right yeah but, you uh you had your own dog with uh yeah i had call it listen elder I, needs special needs i don't know i had an elderly dog the fucker was ancient it was 16 years old, going on 17, and Robzilla has officially seen the link in the uh, oh, chat. Has he? We'll see if anything happens. Yeah, you know he ain't joining. He don't want the smoke. <laughs> I had an elderly dog though, and I didn't let it stop me. Like I had to go to work, right? I couldn't not just like, and I couldn't find you know. Oh, somebody has to sit with the dog, or the anxiety's gonna get rid. Well, if it dies of a heart attack while I'm gone, that's what's happening. <laughs> you know that. that 
that's what it is you know i gotta live my life at some point uh, the dog will be fine it's gonna go lay down at some point didn't we already tell him like put a put a smelly t-shirt on a pillow or something and yeah put it in the room with a dog i just it blows my mind dude i just i can't get past it like you can't leave you like have you tried before <laughs> like yeah all dogs get you know anxious and excited when you leave the house can't can't drop the dog off at the compound or whatever. I'm sure somebody's home. Uh, yeah, it, it it blows my mind, dude. And I really think it's there's like some is there like a psychological diagnosis for like when you care for something so long you you don't want to leave it and like you know how they have like what is it called when you get kidnapped and you become attached to your Stockholm syndrome? Yeah, like is it some form of Stockholm syndrome or what? I well, mean, is it um. Uh, what's the one that uh, Munchausen by proxy where you I don't know if the person ha- has to be actually sick or not but with, but the person is sick and you use them to like get the attention or whatever yeah like when like when people <laughs> on social media like overly use their disabled or sick children to make money yeah that's sort of like what Rob's doing he's using his old dog to not leave the house I also had another theory and I shared this in the chat the other day that I think that there might be some Norman Bates thing going on, you know, like the dog's really been dead for so long and it's just like stuffed or something. They like prop it up and pose for pictures of it, like sitting down, you know, like the, uh, the kid with the dead bird and dumber and dumber. <laughs> yeah. Pretty birdie, pretty bird. Guys, look, me and Brownie are watching TV. Oh, it's such a great evening. He's sleeping. We watched the entire series of this netflix korean show that you wouldn't believe you didn't make a peep (laughs) i had to carry him into the vet sir you can't keep coming in here with your stuffed dog (laughs) it's dead we can't help you the 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 vet is just like you know like humoring him yeah like sir we did a we did a checkup on your dog and everything's a-okay bring him back in three months We'll sew them back up. Okay, I'm Googling condition when, you, when you're attached to someone uh, that you take care of. There is, the, like, what, the Florence Nightingale, where you fall in love with somebody you've taken care of. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe, like, Rob is secretly married to the dog and not to, you know, Tracy. Right. That would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> Dependent personality disorder. People with DPD often feel helpless, submissive, and capable of taking care of themselves. I don't know if that's him. You know, I think he can take care of himself. Yeah, it seems more like the one where, uh, like, what do they call it, like caregiver burnout or something like that. Yeah, I I don't see... It just seems like some uh, attachment disorder, I mm. guess you could say. Yeah, attachment disorder in adults. Symptoms causes. Uh, let's see here. An attachment disorder is a behavioral disorder that affects the ability to form and maintain uh, relationships. Attachment disorders are common in children, but can occur in adults. But we do treat Rob like a child. So attachment theory deals with how people form emotional bonds. The way that a person learns to form and maintain relationships primarily stems from their 
initial interactions with a parent or primary caregiver during childhood, experts suggest. Uh, that and genetics may also play an indirect role. However, attachment disorders are distinct, diagnosable uh, conditions. Maybe he has attachment disorder. I don't know. It doesn't really give you like a right a clear thing there. So Hit I guess the WebMD. Types of attachment disorder. Uh, having low levels of interaction with other people. Uh, showing little or no evidence of emotion during social interactions. Yeah, I don't think this is exactly... Why is it called attachment disorder? Yeah, because you, you, can't you can't attach? Yeah. So this isn't what we're looking We're looking for somebody that is, is attached. Social engagement disorder. Uh, he's got something going on it's, with that dog. That's all we need to know. So he's seen it, but he's not joining? Right. He hasn't clicked on it. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so anyways, I was going to talk about the Squid Games challenge. And, you know, that was if Rob Zilla called in. Doesn't sound like he's going to call in now. Uh, then we got show and tell with Mr. PBS. Yay. He's going to share. What do you got for us today? Oh, I got some uh, some physical media selections. Some physical media selections. Uh, and then I'm going to talk about the Beastie Boys story that's on Apple Plus TV. And uh, I'll give you my thoughts on Thanksgiving, the latest slasher. So I went and saw that the night before Thanksgiving. Mr. Eli Roth. Yeah, we were talking about maybe doing a tradition of getting everybody out and going to the movies the night before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. That'd be pretty, pretty cool and kick ass if you ask me. But that's if you can get anybody to go. Right. So... Uh, but, uh, so have you, you posted something actually too, that we should talk about. Oh yeah. I got a, I have, I don't know if it's the full, um, article. Let's see here. Sleazy podcast planning group. Episode 173. So is this, (laughs) Are you looking for a, an article now? Yeah, I'm looking to see if there's like a full article or if, or if the one I shared in the group is sort of like the extent of it. I'm not going to like put this up on the screen yet because we don't have an article and I don't want to share everybody's like names. Not that we're hard to find. Yeah. Um, okay. So lawyer suspended for tossing feces filled with <laughs> Pringles can November 29th, 2023. Jeez Louise. The Supreme Court of Ohio today suspended a Noble County criminal defense attorney for one year with six months stayed for throwing a Pringles potato chip can filled with his feces into the parking lot of the county's Crime Victim Advocacy Center. Wow, what a salty motherfucker right there, bro. <laughs> there was, um, there used to be like a little, I don't remember what, what it was, but like on VH1, and it was D. Snyder talking about people throwing feces at Twisted Sister while they were playing on stage. I've heard that story before. And he, he, he said, like, how mad do you have to be as somebody to, you know, do that and then pick it up with your bare hand? Obviously, this guy's going in a Pringles can and throw that at somebody, but that's pretty close, though. My buddy Luke used to work at the uh, the police impound lot center, mm-hmm. but it was the, the part where you had to pay your tickets. And, uh, like, if you got a parking ticket, you would go in there and pay. Mm-hmm. 
or if you had your car impounded, you would go to him and pay and then go get it out. But he said somebody mailed them a shoebox filled with a, a giant turd. <laughs> he said they called the cops, and the cops were like, uh, what do you want us to do? Like, uh, but it had, like, the, the, the check in there, too. With it. <laughs> I mean, they had to take it. But it's like, really? Like, what possesses people to do, like, to squat down and shit in the shoebox alone is some effort, you know? So... I, I mean, I guess if you are driven, you're gonna you're gonna somebody, get it accomplished. Somebody just sitting down the right their check and they look over in the corner. There's a nice empty shoebox. Like I got an idea. Do you think the guy like finished off the can of Pringles? Like he was eating in a rage and he was like, "Yeah, I've got a great idea for this. I need I need I need a projectile. I need something I can really wing in there." I wonder if it was like, did it fill the entire Pringles can up, <laughs> or was it like a little turd in there? I mean. <laughs> I, that would be very interesting. I need more details. Uh, okay. In a devoted uh, procurum opinion, the Supreme Court found Jack A. Blake, Blakesley. Blakesley. Yeah. Blakesley engaged in conduct that adversely reflects on his fitness to practice <laughs> law. I'd say so. You know, there is, um, I think to myself sometimes, not to get uh, too political here, but like when I see someone like Rudy Giuliani on TV and I see someone like, I think Ted Cruz is a lawyer too. Yeah. And I see some of these people uh, espousing, I'm sure you can find some Democrats on there if you want to, but you see some people espousing some really boneheaded opinion. And you're like, this person was smart enough to be a lawyer. Yeah. And it really, uh, it really does bring down like, oh, I could be a lawyer. I like, I think I could do it. Uh, well, I think there's a level of like bullshit to being a lawyer. Yeah. Like, obviously, you have to have some sort of uh, study habits, but the level to go up and bullshit, you know, to, you know, win your arguments or whatever, I guess you could say. You know, I see you watch like the firm with Tom Cruise and like he's studying for the bar and he's got like five inch thick case fi or, you know, law books he's studying like, yeah, wow, that's pretty hard. I don't know if I can do that. And then I see people like that walking around like, no, I think I can do it. Well, and how much of it was like money that got him through too right so you know like hey we will donate this much money if you get old ted to the finish line right <laughs> so uh all right uh blakesley claimed he was not targeting anyone with his antics but had a habit of placing his waste in pringles cans and randomly <laughs> throwing them from his car as he traveled down the road bull <laughs> Shit. I think I think that's my favorite line in this whole thing. Right. Is that he's just trying to justify like, no, no, I do this all the time. Yeah. I just I don't feel like stopping while I'm driving around and I just shit in whatever I have in the car. Right. Like I wasn't targeting anybody. I just do this for funsies. How does that even work? Like you're like driving and you're trying to, you know, undo your belt and your pants and then lean up to get the pringles can into in between your ass and the seat you know i, I just i just assume he wasn't doing it while driving <laughs> maybe he pulled over in a park that's because right. that's better right you know <laughs> he pulled over in some remote area or he just just does it at home you you go to your buddy's house and you see a bunch of pringles cans in the in the bathroom like what is going on over here i like to save my shit yeah yeah no problem Wiggy. i guess some people are in tune with their bowel movements uh -huh. The court found that there was clear and convincing evidence, I'd say so, that he chose the Haven of Hope parking lot as his drop zone. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my other favorite line. It's the drop zone. Yeah. <laughs> to get a thrill from pranking victim advocates, 
whom he admittedly had known for years and whom he would most likely be seen in court 15 minutes later. Oh, geez. That'd be I, like, I'd be like you throwing a Pringles can in Rob Dilla's yard and then, come on over for the podcast, buddy. Yeah. The Board of Professional Conduct recommended that the court publicly reprimand Blakesley. Uh, the opinion noted the primary purpose of attorney discipline is not to punish the offender, but to protect the public. The court found a greater sanction was needed to protect the public. However, the evidence in this case shows that despite uh, societal standards of cleanliness and decorum, uh, Blakesley failed to control his own bizarre impulses to place feces-filled cans out in public for unsuspecting people to find. His uh, aberrant uh, conduct has adversely reflected on his own fitness to practice law and brought discredit to a profession through significant media attention, the court said. Uh, Chief Justice Sharon L. Kennedy and Justices Michael P. Donnelly, Melody Stewart, and Joseph T. Dieters joined the opinion. Justice R. Patrick DeWine concurred in judgment only. Uh, that's that's the end of what we have here. I've got I've got a longer one here. Oh, go for it, buddy. Uh, video catches Wastefield Cantos. Blakesley has been a criminal defense attorney for more than 40 years and has no prior record of attorney discipline. He testified that he is a Vietnam veteran and received psychological treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder related to his military service and as a victim of child abuse. So I got PTSD, so I'm filling Pringle scans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In June, he was appointed by the Guernsey County Common Police Court to represent Alexander Wells. Wells was indicted for various offenses, including aggravated murder of a victim under age 13, which made Wells subject to the death penalty. Uh, Haven Hope. She had known Blakely for years, and the two were friends on Facebook. Carpenter Wilkinson attended Wells' arraignment. Pre-trial hearing. Uh, in November 2021, a pre-trial hearing was scheduled for Wells at 8.30 a.m. Before leaving his home in Coal Ridge, about 20 minutes from Cambridge, Blakesley deposited his feces into an empty Pringles can. He then drove to downtown Cambridge. Between 8.10 and 8.15 a.m., Blakesley turned his vehicle down an alley near the courthouse where the Haven of Hope parking lot is located. A sign on the building at the alley's entrance read Haven of Hope Administrative Offices and had an arrow pointing down the alley. Surveillance video showed Blakesley slowing his vehicle as he passed the Haven of Hope parking lot and continued further down the alley. He then passed several parking lots before turning around and slowly passing the Haven of Hope lot a second time. The video shows him throwing the Pringles can into the lot and driving to the courthouse for the 8.30 a.m. pretrial hearing. Carpenter Wilkinson saw Blakesley throw the can out of his car and discovered the can with his waist. She then left for the courthouse to attend the pretrial hearing for Wells. Later that day, she discussed the matter with the prosecutor assigned to the Wells case and filed a report with the Cambridge Police Department. Blakely pleaded guilty to minor misdemeanor charges of disorderly conduct and littering. He paid $248 in fines and court costs. In November 2022, the Office of Disciplinary Counsel filed a complaint with the Board of Professional Conduct based on the incidents. What? What a fucktard, man. <laughs> uh, Blakely denied targeting Carpenter Wilkinson or the Haven Home. He admitted throwing the Pringles can filled with his waste from his vehicle on at least 10 occasions in a variety of locations. Jesus. Do you think when he drove by, he was like, Kobe? Did he, no, no, he, did, the, did, he did he do like the end over end basketball toss? Did he hold like a football and get the spiral on there? <laughs> was he like, Mahomes? <laughs> did he give it the Frisbee toss, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, I, I wonder. I would love to see the video of that. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping for a link on there, but I don't. I don't see one. I just sent Rob another message. Where are you at, Rob? Get on that video. Uh, he described his actions as prank, admitted it was stupid, and then he was bar- embarrassed by the public revelation of his conduct. I bet. He claimed he had no intention of throwing that thing in Cambridge and did not pick a spot, but just happened to be on his way down the alley. He said he routinely disposed of the cans while, quote, on the way to work. Uh, <laughs> he explains that he threw the can to, quote, blow off steam, and then he got a kick out of imagining the Look of surprise on the faces of those who found the Pringles cans. He did not attempt to establish that he had a mental disorder to mitigate any sanction he might face and denied his acts related to his PTSD. Well, good for him, I guess. Talk about dropping bombs. Hey. <laughs> he agreed his behavior was not normal and stated there has to be something going on that's related to some of the things I went through in my early life. Yeah, it's not normal to shit in a Pringles can and throw it, dude. <laughs> like, like that you used to only hear about people throwing feces in like prison like right. crazy people you know that just were just out of their minds but man a fucking lawyer dude have some have some dignity uh-oh oh. i just heard the beep we heard the beep what's he <laughs> doing look look at this man all right we're, we're about to add rob zilla into the stream here what's up flake zilla what's up what are you doing got done cleaning and hanging out oh so i mean what is it that you do that you have to sit with a dog that you can't leave the house for like an hour and a half well he's getting worse so we'll just keep an eye on him nate's what what are you gonna do rush him to the hospital if he falls asleep Hmm? what are you gonna do rush him to the hospital if he falls asleep probably put him out where's he at show us we want to make sure this dog's alive okay he's actually standing I don't know why, but I always kind of imagine Brownie is like a smaller dog. That's kind of like a medium-ish dog. Yeah, he's he's some kind of mix. He's a shepherd and retriever mix. Okay. I didn't, you know, quite get a good look and make sure he was moving. Like, make him do something. Him do I, want, something. I, want, I want to make sure he's real. Okay, I see the head moving, but Rob's hand's there. Okay, the, all the eyes blinked. Okay. So he is still alive. Blink twice, Brownie, if you're being held hostage. What would happen if you walked out of the house for five minutes? Well, he'd probably be asleep, and then he starts freaking out when he doesn't hear someone or hear something. What, what does he do? Would he would he poop in a Pringles can and throw it at somebody? Yeah. He just starts panting and like pacing back and forth and starts having anxiety. He's going to have a heart attack. Like all dogs do when you leave. And then they go lay down. He, dude, he just gets worse. Just keeps pacing back and forth. How would you know? Do Do you see him? Yeah, we see him on the ring camera. So, I mean, how long does he do that? How long have you um, left he him alone for a while? Like he'll sleep all day, and then he starts having anxiety for no reason. That's called doggy dementia. That too, probably. Yeah, they get up and they're confused. They don't know what they do. Anyways, um, after we shit on you for like ten minutes. I mean, after I shit on you, I'll say that. Kyle just kind of agreed. Just laughs. Yeah, we just, we talked about, uh, we did, uh, well, we did the Pringles story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I have on the board Squid Games Challenge, and how many episodes are you into that? Um, I haven't watched the newest episode. I think that just came out, I think, yesterday or Wednesday, but that's the new, that's the only episode I'm, I'm down. So did that answer the question that I said? How many episodes have you watched? So, so nine? Four out of five. 
Four out of five? Yeah. How many episodes are total? Um, I don't know. I'll have to actually look that up. I'm not sure how many episodes it's going to be. Um, I assume it can't be that many because like, it's getting pretty low on the contestants. But I'll have to look it up. What are you looking um, at? Are you looking at the TV? Yeah, I'm going to see exactly how many is out just to make sure it's correct. It looks like he's just looking up at the sky. <laughs> Contemplating things. Yeah. Like, should I open the door and let the dog run out in the traffic? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sounds like the dog ain't going nowhere. Yeah, no. so it looks like it's going to be 10 episodes. And I'm on uh, episode 6, so that's what it is. So I was mistaken. They just must have released all the other ones today. So but, I yeah. watched the first two episodes. Well, I watched the first episode, then I had the second episode on while I was finishing up the, the finishing touches on our yearly Christmas card, which you yeah. got a lot of cards to sign, buddy. You weren't here, so you're the only one left. Okay. So you'll have to come over and sign them when you get some time. Maybe after, okay. you, maybe after you win that magic tournament on Sunday. Uh, I hope so. But is it, what's the grand prize in this magic tournament that you're playing? In? I don't know. Uh, it depends on how many people's there, but it's it seems like it's going to be pretty big. So, but the entry is thirty bucks. Okay. I did I did not realize you were a current Magic the Gathering player. He's not. Well, I wouldn't say current because the shit's expensive to play. So I play the it's called the popper format. It's just all it is is commons. So it's actually really cheap to play, but everything else is so expensive. I've seen decks like standard now they're like eight hundred dollars it's yeah. it's ridiculous i hope some nerd just obliterates you <laughs> hope hope they probably will hope gets so up and he's so like suck my dick i hope rob the savant like wins it all somehow i've heard rob is well, a beast Talbot's it's a magic going, so Talbot probably win you think dude that's really good yeah he does not like to lose i know that you got that right but anyways back to squid games uh, Squid Games the Challenge, I believe, is what it's called, right? Yeah. But uh, reality competition. I found myself rooting for that old lady, uh, the mom and son combo. The, yeah, I'm you like, man, really I hope you like them. There's an older guy too. Um, he's uh, I think he's like sixty some. I like him a lot too. But the the first episode, you're kind of getting to know everybody. But man, they do the fucking Squid Game mm -hmm. shit. Like the first one's red light, green light. Yeah, where the uh, the doll turns around mm -hmm. and then you got to stop after the music stops playing but man they had like these like trigger things or something underneath their shirt and if it caught you yeah. moving it would like blow up uh like a some kind of paint or something like, like a that. squib or something yeah like it's something like, in it's, your it's basically like a, a gunshot prop that you see like in movies yeah 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 so, but it was like paint or something mm -hmm. like green paint or something was it was it green yeah, some yeah, it's dark. I would say green or some kind of like maybe black, but it's dark. But it's pretty. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say that. And if you're a fan of Squid Games, you're gonna fucking love this. Even though it's yeah, I mean it's reality TV, and there's some fucking there's some assholes in it that are you know being assholes. For they, their, they they're 15 minutes. Yeah, they found like the the they were like this dude is a true asshole. Put him on the show. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but. <laughs> Uh, I did see, I don't know if, remember if one of you guys shared it like in the chat or something, but it was a clip where like a guy answers the phone and they said like, you got two minutes to find somebody else to answer this phone or you're eliminated. I haven't seen that one yet. 
Um, yeah, because he answers it first, and he's like, oh, well, you want some food. He runs to do it again because he wants to get one guy eliminated. He's like, well, you got to find someone to take this call or you're gone in two minutes. Was Was it just me, or did you feel like – they were fucking waxing people in the the uh, red light, green light. Like even they, I swear, some people were still, and then you'd see the the fucking thing go off on their chest. Yeah, the, the, you see the elder woman like it went off. She's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the, this one lady's just standing there, and then you hear a pop, and she's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> it, it, I mean, it truly is entertaining. It's good stuff, man. Uh, yeah, it's fun. And that's the stuff that Netflix needs to do to mm-hmm. keep people subscribing and that you know keep keep up the uh, keep you interested and engaged in Netflix. As we you were talking about, uh, they didn't drop all the episodes at once. No, they They're didn't dropping them in like two or three episodes. It seems like batches or something. Yeah, they, well, they want you engaged, right? So, but yeah, very interesting. And then episode two was the uh, was it the cookie cutter? Yeah, you see the guy Spencer. That dude had it like about to throw up, hyperventilating. Yeah, they have to like draw the shapes in the cookies or whatever, and with a needle. Yeah, yeah, just a little pen needle. Mm-hmm. And if they they aren't even close or they get it wrong between the time they they they're they're iced, they gotta go. Yeah, but or it's kind of the cookie. It's kind of interesting. Like two people had like what were they like? Uh, they had some kind of duty they had to do, like prep duty for dinner yeah or something it was something like that but then they're they're in the room and they're talking and as somebody gets on the intercom or something they're like you have two choices Mm -hmm. you can eliminate somebody or get an advantage in the next game and they don't really i don't believe they show you what they chose until after dinner they don't they go to the next game and they're like uh and we have to uh you know two contestants were given this and they chose to eliminate somebody mm. and they eliminated some guy and i don't i i was trying to like remember like he wasn't really a big douchebag or anything i didn't feel like I, but they got rid of him they felt he was a threat mm. so mm. but it's kind of funny they they show the the cash dropping into the big ball i don't yeah. know if you've seen squid games before mm, not yet. But every time yeah. somebody gets eliminated from the game, more cash drops into the ball. Okay. So every time it's like ten thousand dollars a person, yeah. I think. Every time somebody gets eliminated, it's ten thousand more to the pot. Yeah. So like after red light, green light, like two hundred and fifty people got eliminated. So yeah. am I right about that? Or close to it? Yeah, it's it's like in that ballpark. Yeah, it was about half of the uh, Oh yeah. Challenges. There's like four hundred and some of them. Okay. And they i mean like halfway through red light green light they were halfway gone <laughs> so but uh yeah i find myself really uh um rooting uh for that old lady in the sun man i i i don't know i just kind of they seem very humble and i want them to win <laughs> yeah i like them and i like uh one other guy i think his name's steven i think he's kind of got like a mullet but he's pretty cool oh yeah all yeah. right, all right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's on Netflix. And how many episodes do you say there that are out right now? Well, I just checked, and it looks like they just put the rest on. So there's so a total of ten, and I and episode ten comes out December sixth. So that's next weekend. I'm on episode six. Okay, so I just released that one today, I think, or this week. All right. Well, sounds good. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna move on to the next segment here. 
Uh, do you guys want to talk about Beast, the Beastie Boys story that I that I watched, or do we want to go right into Show and Tell with PBS? I don't know. Did, did Zilla watch Beastie Boys? Or he doesn't have No, any? he doesn't have Apple. I don't know. You just talk about Beastie Boys real quick, I guess. Okay, so um, let me uh, share the screen here. Window. I want to share the win or the entire screen, not the window. Uh, let's go to Letterbox. What'd you have for dinner, Rob? Uh, I had Taco Bell. You fat fuck. I know. You fat pig. <laughs> you fat bitch. I ain't got <laughs> nothing for your fat ass. That's that's uh my pops is saying. Yeah. When he he used to talk Mr. to Mr. Scott Emmerich. He used to talk he used to talk to the dad like or the not dad the, the dog like that. Like anytime you'd open the refrigerator door, the dog would be like right behind you. Yeah. Be like, I ain't got nothing for you, you fat bitch. Okay, so I am sharing the screen here. Let me see if I can find a better I tend to like this one where it puts our pictures on the bottom of the screen. Uh, let's see here. Okay, Beastie Boys story. This is actually from 2020. I didn't even know this existed. I was looking on Apple Plus uh, the other night for just something to watch while I was uh, um, to put on while I was trying to you know, get the Christmas card right the way I wanted to. I think, I, how many drafts did I send you guys? Like fucking six? Something like it. I kept Something going like I kept going back and forth before I was getting it. But I actually gave this four out of five stars. Uh, it was really good. Um, very intimate. Uh, Mike and Adam, they held this event in this theater, mm -hmm. like an old theater. So they're on a stage and curtains and all that with a screen. And they tell the story of the Beastie Boys, obviously. But it was very intimate. I mean, they got very, uh, very into the story. And I mean, I didn't, I, you know, I guess you would say I'm a casual Beastie Boys fan. I, I mean, I love the Beastie Boys, the songs that I like by them. But I'm not like into them, into them. Like I need to know every oh, last lost Rob. detail of them. Ah, well, he's gone now. <laughs> Who cares? Um, but <laughs> so. Oh, there he is again. Let's put him on. You, you there, buddy? What happened? I just dropped the connection. Oh, okay. Not back. Okay. But anyways, very intimate. Um, <laughs> here's a little story they're about to tell. Mike Diamond and Adam Horvitz share the story of their band and 40 years of friendship uh, in a live documentary directed by friend, collaborator, and their formal former grandfather spike jones um but man you know you think of the beastie boys and you think of their body of work mm. but there's a point in time after license it uh to ill mm. in the next like couple albums where they just weren't doing that well i mean they ran out of money at one point mm -hmm. but wow. yeah i mean def jams i didn't i didn't know def jam sued him for breach of contract and mm all this other stuff and they ended up making a couple more albums with uh, another record label but uh it's funny like we talked about stallone on the last show 
you know you you see these guys finish body of work and you don't realize that they're even after they make it there is a struggle at some point yep can be and uh like for not for everybody is this con- you know a continued success of money and fame but yeah i didn't I, mean, I didn't realize that there was a chick that was the original she was the original drummer okay of the beastie boys like they originally just put this band together to have fun and you know just hang out and play instruments and mm-hmm. stuff like that but uh it's a super cool documentary and i liked it because it was live and you know they're talking to the crowd and you get the crowd's reaction to certain things they're telling right. about their story and um you know like there's a point where adam's talking about uh how he went off to hollywood to try to get into acting okay uh i forget the one movie he's in but there's a scene where he they he's in the car with this chick and they, she drives it into the, the pool mm-hmm. and he makes this like weird sound they played it a couple times and the whole crowd's laughing hmm. I mean, it is a really fun watch and uh you know sabotage one of their best songs i didn't realize it but that was like one of the last songs they added to the album it was on and it was originally just an instrumental that they wrote just kind of fucking hanging out and having fun and they had tried to rap to it and it just wasn't working out and then uh old dude went over to uh mike c's house i mean you know mike c and uh he just ended up started screaming insults about him and that was the song it just worked out perfectly with it and thank god it did because it's like one of the best rock songs ever right yeah it's 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 massive yeah it's a great song man it got a little worn out uh in the the star trek movies <laughs> but uh i will say i did like it in the last one how they were like all tapping while they were yeah doing the chase scene in the enterprise yeah. they weren't even in the enterprise were they the enterprise had crashed it was that other ship they found on the planet i think yeah, yeah, yeah. something like it yeah 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 the, the one ship that was abandoned they found in the fucking <laughs> mountains like or whatever yeah, thing, yeah whatever the fuck it was but man i can't say many bad things about this i mean it was just really good really entertaining uh and i was into it man and like i i judge things anymore by like how uh in tune it keeps me uh you know like do i look at my phone a whole lot while i'm doing it and i gotta say i wasn't on my phone Mm -hmm. and i was supposed to be working and i found myself just kind of sitting here looking up at the tv like oh okay didn't know that didn't know that either but super cool and it put me in the mood to listen to some fucking beastie boys man so and even if you don't know the beastie boys or who they are never heard a song i think it's a pretty cool watch just to to kind of learn about a piece of music history uh when you say it you know because i mean they are in the rock and roll hall of fame and yeah uh you know shit like that's just interesting these were uh people that you know they 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 achieved a level of success with license to ill then they released what was it paul's boutique and it wasn't looked at very uh people just didn't give it the same amount of respect that they gave Mm -hmm. uh license to ill and then after that they 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 had had a three record deal with their new label so they had the money you know paid up front for those to create those records Mm mm-hmm so what they ended up doing was they bought a house and just made their own record record studio. Okay. 
And uh, then, you know, once they did that and they ended up coming out with the next album, I forget what that was. Um, let me see here. We go back to our screen here. All right. Beastie Boys discography. Let's look here. But anyways, you know, they ended up making the next album with that. And then they 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 get some more success, more success. And then they ended up uh, creating their own record label. So, I mean, these guys just, they kept at it. And, um, you know, I knew that uh, MCA was real big into, like, world peace and stuff like that. But this dude traveled the world, hung out with Buddhists, uh, they did a uh, a live uh, concert aid, kind of like they did back in the 80s. But it was yeah. like super big, and they raised all this record-breaking money. And, uh, you know, it was all for like free Tibet or something like that. But it was... I think it has Tibet. Yeah, I mean, because MCA went there, and he had, you know, life-altering... Uh, a life-altering experience, I guess you could say. But, I mean, it's, you know, MCA is no longer with us, but uh, just a very good story. And I'm glad they were able to tell it. I'm sad they couldn't tell it with the full group, and I'm sad they're no longer a group because of that, uh, MCA's passing. But, uh, man, just a great success story. And it's funny, a lot of it is just them having fun, and they had success off of it. So, great stuff, man. And I really encourage anybody you know what even if you're not like a big rapper rock fan i mean it's a good story to 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 watch and hear and uh you know it's a good way to spend your evening so if you get a chance check out beastie boy story on apple plus rob what's your favorite beastie boy song i don't know i'm a big uh, brass monkey fan brass Mo- i love sabotage oh yeah. brass monkey's great but i know i think i might have to go with like intergalactic I feel like even if you're not familiar with the Beastie Boys, I'm sure if you have everybody's heard Intergalactic or Sabotage. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's form. everybody's heard a Beastie Boys song at some point. Whether yeah. you know it or not, you've heard a Beastie Boys song. Right. But uh yeah, I mean I I don't know. I still remember like where I was when I heard well, when I saw the world premiere of uh Intergalactic on M- TRL. Yeah, TRL, MTV. Yeah. And I just remember like this is the fucking coolest music video ever. Like I fucking loved it, man. It was they had like a Godzilla thing going on. Like it was cool. Yeah. It was fucking cool. They were cool dudes, man. Still cool dudes. Uh, what about you? Yeah. You got a favorite BC Boys song, PBS? Uh, might might be a little too uh you know, modernized for you. I know you're you like your old shit. My Victrola. Now, uh the only Beastie Boys album I ever owned, I think was Licensed to Ill. And just kind of looking it back up. Obviously, they got, you know, the big song. I kind of like, I'm kind of partial to Rhyme and Stealing. It was their first song on the album. And I remember kind of listening to it like, okay. Well, yeah. Let me look up the lyrics. There's a, there's a lyrics in there I liked. License to Ill, Paul's Boutique, Check Your Head. Ill Communication, I think, is the one that has uh, Sabotage on it, doesn't it? Something around there sounds right. Hello Nasty. That was a good one. Body moving, body moving. Body, body moving. Mm-hmm. 
uh, to the five boroughs. That was the the one that was uh, sort of, well, 2004. I remember liking that one. I don't remember the mix-up. I must have missed that one. Yeah, I remember that one. Hot Sauce Committee Part 2. I fucking love that album. That was their last album. God, I'm so sad we don't, we're don't. we never going to get another Beastie Boys album again. Doesn't that make you sad, Rob? It is sad. It is. It's terrible. Did you find your lyrics yet? I can't find the ones I'm, I'm really thinking about, but I, I remember kind of that song hit me the first time I listened to it. Like, okay. Yeah, Sabotage was the second single taken from Ill Communications. It was released to radio on May 9th, 1994. The backing track of the song was laid down by the band members, driven by MCA's fuzzed and twangy bass. Yeah, MCA was a beast, man. Uh, Beastie Boys always holds like a special place in my heart, too. Like, there was a summer where my cousin stayed with us, like, all summer. And that was like our thing. Like, we'd get, you know, my parents would go to work and he, like, watched me the entire summer. And there was days where we would just turn MTV on and wait for the next like Beastie Boys song to come on like because they were in rotation obviously and I believe that was that like the summer that Sabotage was like really big but I just remember Beastie Boys always being on and us jamming out eating lunch or something like that but uh just always holds a special place in my heart I like I always love the Beastie Boys but especially the video for Sabotage I love that oh yeah and that's just them fucking around just, I know. It, I think that's what's even best. It's them just fucking around, and they got success from it. Yep, yep. And sometimes that's you know, like much like South, the guys from South Park, like their whole point is just to kind of make each other laugh. They're just fucking around, and they end up making gold like all the time. So yeah. I've just just even watching behind the scenes of South Park, that shit's hysterical. Oh yeah, definitely is. <laughs> all right, so I think it's time for show and tell with Mister PBS. So I, I just kind of thought of this since we were talking about it earlier. Didn't know if Rob Zilla would make it in there with us or not. So I just tried to think of a segment that I could do to take up some time and, and talk about some physical media and some with some sales going on right now. Yeah. So I reached down in my bag here. His bag of tricks. I got me my, my criterions here first. So criterions in the middle of their... Uh, 50% off sale at Barnes and Noble. They do it like twice a year, once in, I always forget if it's, I think it's July and November. It's the whole month. Uh, this current one goes till next Tuesday, which is December 4th, I believe. So uh, I just uh, brought a little selection here of some of them I've, I bought this round. I bought uh, a bit of um, upgrades. So some of these I had on DVD and I've they've been out on blue for a while. So I thought I'd upgrade them. So he, just, he thought he'd upgrade them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In other words, he needed to spend some money. I, I didn't need to, but uh, I did <laughs> need to. So I, I got a nice selection here. I, I didn't realize it until just looking at, it, at them now. They're all, in, they're all in black and white for you. It's a nice selection. Mm-hmm. All in black and white, ladies and gentlemen. That was unintentional, but I, I'll live with it. So this one right here I got. Night of the Hunter. Starring uh, Robert Mitchum. Shelly of the Hunter. I don't know if you can see that. There you go. There we go. Can you see it? Yeah. Barely. And what year is that, Mr. PBS? Uh, you have to look on the back there, Sleazy, up in the right-hand corner under the UPC. 1955. 
Rob, do you want to guess the runtime? Uh, let's go 98 minutes. Longer, I think. 93. Oh, oh really? shorter. Okay, I thought that was more of a two-hour one. Okay. You both went over. So anyway, this one is about uh, starring uh, Robert Mitchum and uh, Shelly Winters. I always get my Shelly's I'm on. so sad that Hot Sauce isn't here to, to <laughs> shit would, on you. You would enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the only film directed by uh, actor Charles Lawton. And uh, you might have seen uh, like a screenshot of this or something because it's the one where Robert Mitchum has like love and hate tattooed on his knuckles. And he's kind of like a grifter, grifter preacher type. And he gets involved with Shelly Winters and her two kids. And he's uh, he's not a very nice dude. And it, it's, really, it's a really good movie. It's got a lot of uh, kind of surrealist images in a way. It's really good. Definitely worth checking out. I, uh, I didn't mention it. All these are 50% off uh, for Barnes & Noble. And a lot of them, uh, Amazon is price matched. So, you know, if you want to check out, check them out on Amazon, you can do Amazon too. Then I got this one here, Kiss Me Deadly. Oh, look at this cover. Oh, got some lighting issues here. Kiss Me Deadly. He's pointing a gun to her head. Yep, that's old uh, Ralph Meeker. This is 1955 again. Another 50s. Runtime, Rob. 95 minutes. What do you think it is? Uh, I think that's pretty close. 106. Yeah, 10 minutes off. Not bad. This is uh, Ralph Meeker plays uh, Mickey Splane's Mike Hammer, I believe. And he helps out uh, Cloris, uh, Cloris Leachman's in this, I think. And he helps her out in the beginning and it kind of gets him involved in this noirish uh, plot. Okay. And he, he kind of goes, he has to go searching for this thing that people are after. And I don't, the ending is, uh, a little out there it's, it's something worth, worth checking out just for the ending alone but okay. uh, I like that one quite a bit <laughs> and then uh, this one here is Seven Samurai by Akira Kurosawa oh I'm this, sure this is a Muzz favorite this is a Muzz favorite right here yep yep that's probably Kurosawa. a Rob Zilla favorite too Rob do you want to guess the runtime? I'm going to say that's probably 110 I think that's a longer movie bro bro you're way off uh, really? Film was released in 1954, 207 minutes. Man, I, way off. It's in Japanese with English subtitles. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, this is the one where that was later remade as the Magnificent Seven, where the villagers need to get some people together because they're being harassed by the local warriors or whatever. So they get the Seven Samurai together. It's directed by Kurosawa, starring. Uh, Toshiro Mifune. I was no, I never know if I'm saying that right. If it's Mifune, 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 Mifune. Yeah. Any any Toshiro movies worth checking out? He's got a, quite a few in the in the I Criterion. S- I s- was that on like HBO Max or something? I feel like I've seen that on. Uh, some of these are a, a good little bit of the Criterion selections on HBO Max and kind of spread out. Because I saw it one night and I was like, oh, that's like Muzz's favorite movie. Mm-hmm. I need to watch that. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, it's not exactly, Criterion doesn't own streaming rights to them. Yeah. So they're just kind of all out there from different studios. And uh, I forget who else stars in this. Some pretty, pretty famous uh, actors. And they're all, it's like I said, just a classic. It's a good one. And I, I made sure I brought this one specifically for Sleazy. This is the Citizen Kane. It kind of falls out the bottom there, so watch out. Okay. Citizen Kane. Uh, we were just talking about this movie the mm-hmm. other day. Uh, runtime Rob. Give us a runtime. Let's go 110. 119, sir. You were very close, close. that time. 1941. Mm-hmm. 
Everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people say this is like the best movie ever made. So I'm like, I asked you what you thought of it, and you're like, eh. Uh, I'm still a little in. It's a good movie. But uh, the thing I like about this one, you'll notice the other ones haven't been opened yet, so I haven't got a chance to rewatch them. Because I don't know, Kane is open here, so I'll give you a little. The package here kind of all folds out, so it spells K A N E. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's got a little booklet in here. So, wh- what is Citizen Kane about? So, uh, for those that want to watch a black and white movie, everybody has uh, probably heard about Rosebud. Everybody knows that that's like Kane's famous last words and the movie is basically uh he's supposed to be sort of like a uh, william randolph hearst character which was like he did a lot of uh he was a newspaper owner and he did a lot of like what they called yellow journalism back then and his last words as a dying old man is rosebud the idea is like this reporter is given the task to go figure out like what is rosebud we need to do a story on who this man was and what what does rosebud mean and all that and it's it's very much sort of just kind of episodes of his life, and uh, actually it's it's a good enough movie on its own, but sort of what I think takes it over the top. Why it used to be on a lot of people's lists is there's a lot of uh, technical stuff in there. I after I watched it, uh, Roger Ebert does a commentary on there, and he kind of I almost ended up watching the whole movie again just because I was cleaning the house afterwards and he was talking about a lot of the technical aspects about like how some shots are done and matte paintings and all this. And I think the technical aspect is what put it over the top for a lot of people for a lot of years. And right. it, it's a good movie, and it's uh, it's worth checking out. All of them are worth checking out. So those are the criterions. Like I said, 50% off at Barnes & Noble. Some of them 50% off on Amazon to about December 4th, which should be next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. Yes, sir. So the other selection I bought. Uh, the 4th is Monday. Yeah, right, right. Well, yeah. yeah. The sale goes to Tuesday, so Monday is probably the last day. Yeah. So, but you know, on DVD Tuesday it'll switch over. So another uh, sale that's going on right now is from uh, Kino Lorber, ladies and gentlemen. He did bring a whole fucking like bag of shit over here too. So now every Criterion and Criterion box set is on sale for fifty percent off. The Kino Lorber sale is select titles. They got like a lot of them. And like the Blu-rays will be like ten bucks, uh, the 4Ks will be down to under twenty. So it's if you're trying to stock up on some social media, it's it's a good, good, uh, good deal. They do it. They do it like once a season, so maybe once every three months. And they um, newer titles will be on there. So if a title's been out for a couple months, it might actually even be part of the sale, and you can get it pretty cheap. So I just I just picked a couple uh, that I that I uh, had lying around. So I picked. Uh, couple of Clint Eastwoods here. You got the 4K Blu-ray of a Fistful of Dollars. The First Man and the Man Without a Name trilogy by Sergio Leone. Isn't this... uh, Didn't they get sued? Yes. uh, They got... Well, they didn't. Um, So it is a remake of Akira Kurosawa's Yojimbo. Yeah. Yojimbo, yeah. This is a Muzz. This is Muzz territory. He could explain this all. And, Flawlessly, uh, Clint Eastwood had seen Yojimbo, and he was a fan of it, and, and Leone was a fan of it. But there was another movie, the original Django, came out around the same time from another Sergio, Sergio Corbucci, and it was very much a ripoff of both of them. So he kind of got in trouble. So I brought that. That's, that's the 4K Blu-ray with a nice slip cover there. Everybody loves their slip covers. Very nice. Slip Some cover. of them don't. Some of them like to troll 
They get their new slip covers and they just throw them away. Ah, uh, those are the worst people ever. No respect for their media. Right. And then I got, I brought the part two in the trilogy for a few dollars more. Such a great name for a sequel, right? right. A few dollars more. I do have, and that's also 4K Blu-ray. I do have the good, the bad, and the ugly 4K, but it doesn't have the nice slip cover. It was limited, so I didn't, I didn't bring that one. So, and I thought this one would be a, a cool one to bring. This is a the two Clint Eastwoods have been out for a little while, but this is uh, Needful Things. Oh, what a cool! Based on the uh, Stephen King story or novel. Kind of reminds me of uh, the scene from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. <laughs> and the cool thing about this release is I think it's the first time there's a theatrical cut and then there's like a longer, uh, I think it was like recut for TV into like a two-part miniseries. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, it has the 191-minute television cut. And I think this is the first time it's been officially released. And a lot of people say the television cut's the superior cut. So that's kind of why that's kind of cool and worth checking out. And then I, uh, this is, I brought a television series this one's Kolchak, the Night Stalker. Oh, man, look at this one. Starring uh, Darren McGavin. <laughs> what a cover. And so they got a few TV series. They got Kolchak. They got Night Gallery. They might have a few more. They just put out uh, Columbo. So that might be something I pick up later. But uh, Kolchak's a good one. It's uh, Darren McGavin was in a couple episodes of The X-Files, where he's called the father of The X-Files. And it's sort of also a play on Kolchak, because Chris Carter, the director and creator of The X-Files, uh, watched Kolchak when he was younger and Kolchak is a reporter and he kind of finds himself uh, in these situations where he's dealing with supernatural news stories like a Jack the Ripper and vampires and mummies and an Aztec god or something like that oh man and that's a really fun show that one is actually I think it's on like me TV or something on like Saturdays at 11 p.m. or something it sounds like it's right up your fucking alley yeah it, I, I, I own that one on uh, DVD, and I was really happy when this uh, Blu-ray set came out uh, last year, a couple years ago. And it's got like every every episode has uh, a commentary, I think, and they've got interviews and everything. And one thing about this is uh, David Chase, I think he was the showrunner or something. He would go on to create The Sopranos. Oh wow! And he w- he wrote some of the episodes, and is kind of the showrunner. Did sort of uncredited rewrites. So that's a cool kind of TV history. And then I had to bring this one. This one's uh, brand new. Just came in the mail uh, last Just week. came in the mail. You'll never guess it. Monster, Monster Squad. Squad. And that's the uh, the 4K Blu-ray. Wolfman's got nards. I think I, think I told you guys not too long ago, I've rewatched my uh, DVD, which came out a million years ago in 2006. Okay. And the last couple of times I watched it on the big screen, I was kind of like uh, at home. I was kind of like, eh, it's starting to show its age. The DVD is. Yeah. And there was also a Blu-ray that came out in 2006, but I didn't start buying Blu-rays until, I don't know, five or 10 years after that. You've got a 4K TV, don't you? I do not have oh, okay. 4K capabilities yet. A lot of this, uh, they call it future proofing. Yeah. So like this has the Blu-ray and the 4K. Okay. So I can just watch the Blu-ray until I eventually upgrade to a 4K set. Or just come over here and watch them. Okay. And um, <laughs> you can do that. Uh, so it had a Blu-ray re- release all the way back then. I think both of those are long out of print. And then Olive Films released it somewhere in between now and then. And it didn't really have a lot of extras, and the transfer was maybe kind of iffy. So a lot of people have been waiting for, for a new release. 
And uh, Kino gave us the 4K Blu-ray. It's got all the the 2006 version had a ton of special features from like all the cast and crew was involved. It's also got the uh, 2018 documentary called Wolfman's Got Nards about the making of the film with uh, directed by actor Andre Gower. Nice. Who, who plays one of the kids. And if you'll notice on the uh, the uh, original, it's got sort of the original poster on the on the cover, but in the original, the the little sister wasn't actually on the poster for oh, some reason. Oh, really? So so Kino went back and when they redid this, they put the the little sister Good. on the cover. And that's she's kind of like cool. one of the better parts of the movie, right? <laughs> she's you know she's the one you know. Give me the amulet, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, so those were kind of cool. Like I say, Kino's on sale. I think that goes through the middle of December. And there, you get a lot, a lot of good stuff. Like I say, not a, I don't know if what's in here is on sale at all. Monster Squad won't be on sale until a couple more sales from now, probably. So you just kind of go through, and there's a lot of good stuff in there. Did Have you pre-ordered uh, The Abyss? Is it available to pre-order yet? I don't think so. Like, when you find out, share it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's one I want to pre-order. Like, I want to fucking watch The Abyss again. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be pre-ordering The and Abyss when it comes out. Would they announce that? True Lies. True Lies. Aliens. Aliens. Is getting a, a 4K Blu-ray or whatever. Good. Release. It's about fucking time. I don't know what the holdup's been. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can, well uh, The Abyss is sort of a famously uh, upsetting shoot or something. Yeah. Supposedly, you know, Ed Harris. Well, they they did almost drown, all while filming the movie underwater, and I Ed Harris may have actually punched uh, James Cameron. Oh yeah, I think he did. And so Ed Harris, I think, has basically said he doesn't want to talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah, they they yeah, he refuses. He's just like he refuses to talk about it. I don't think anybody really talks about it. So I know. So that's there's also some rights issues with why that has and the same for true lies. I think there was some, whatever company they were done with or done under has gone under at some yeah, point. And the, the, the rights just kind of fall in la la land or yeah. whatever. And plus, you know, old James Cameron's been working on his 50 million avatar movies. He wants to release. Well, that and the man, the, the man explores the bottom of the As world. I mean, James Cameron, the it, bravest pioneer. Yep. <laughs> So I got uh, one more physical piece of physical media here. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So um, two other labels, Vinegar Syndrome and uh, Severin, they both do uh, Black Friday sales. So um, they do new releases, and then they put older releases on sale. So like any release that's older than like six months gets put on sale for like 50% off. Okay. And they do... uh, a wide variety of things. Uh, some of them are not going to be everybody's cup of tea, and uh, some of them aren't mine. They're, they're the kind of movies that, when they get like a really good 4K upgrade or a Blu-ray upgrade, you're kind of like this. This is the movie that got an upgrade. But they're 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 all about uh, you know preserving movies and all that. So like I said, there's it's there's a lot of variety in there. Some you're going to want to check out. Some you're just not going to be interested at all. So I brought I brought this one right here. This is a Cloak and Dagger. This is one of their, I think it's called like a VSU release. So it's got like some super duper packaging here. That's oh, a, yeah, look at it that. Comes, it's got like a magnetic kind of like. Oh, uh, yeah, I've seen those before. Case. And then it's got its own little booklet. Oh, nice. And it's got a slip cover and all that. So that's the Cloak story. Cloak and dagger. I like um, 
There you go, sir. The uh, it's got the uh, what's the boy's name? It's got Henry Thomas, who's in a lot of Mike Flanagan stuff. Was in ET. He like uh, Dabney Coleman is like a video game character who comes like it comes to life through his imagination, and he's got a like uh, uh, government secrets involved. In it. it gets kind of dark, I think, toward the end. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the um, the theory that the the boy in this movie is supposed to be Edward Norton in Fight Club. <laughs> and the idea is that he grows up mm. like believing his imaginary friends are real. Okay. So it's it's uh it's just that's a little out there. I don't I don't know much about that one, but that's a cool release. I just kinda wanted to show you. They do a lot. Uh I bought a few from each company, but uh that was, you know, like last Friday, so it hasn't arrived yet. But they're, they're definitely somebody worth checking out. Vinegar Syndrome and, and Severin do a lot of good releases. You might not always like the quality of the movie itself, but they, they do they do a lot of good work and they do, do a lot of film preservation. So I did bring also a couple books. Oh Jesus! Want to talk about some books real quick? Hurry it up! Well, I know we got our book lovers on on the channel, so they always want some recommendations. So they do, a- they do. This motherfucker is bringing over his, his whole fucking wing of his house. Right. Oh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> so uh, I just grabbed three of these real quick. Give it time. Give it time. Uh, all three of these books uh, have been released by Valancourt Books uh, this year. They re-release a lot of um, like horror and, and kind of sci-fi fantasy stuff, too. They do the uh, the paperbacks from hell. I don't know if you've heard of that series. But they, no. I'm sure people out there will, will have heard of that one. They, it was, it's kind of like a big thing. And uh, so they've been re these are all like re releases of kind of books that have been out of print for a while. So this one's, I'm, I've talked about this one earlier. This one's In a Lonely Place uh, by Carl Edward Wagner. And they're all uh, short horror stories. And this is the kind of stuff that would really do well if, like, um, if they did like another season of uh, Del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Okay. Pretty much like any one of these stories. Would uh would would work well for an uh like a forty five hour long episode. It's got um, there's one uh, story called Sticks, which deals with some guy finding like uh, weird symbolic sticks out in the woods, and they're like spirals. And some people have wondered if uh, uh, Nick Pizzolatto of True Detective kind of took some of that as inspiration for his first season of True Detective. So that's uh, I've I've read that one. Like I said, all the stories are pretty good. I, I like that one a lot. This one is uh, written by Manly Wade Wellman. That's that's a name there. Uh, John the Balladeer, another series of short stories all about a character named John, sometimes called Silver John. They're kind of like folk horror stories. Looks like he's playing a little folk folk song on that guitar. Yeah, and he just kind of goes from town to town, kind of looking for songs and helping people. He deals with like uh, monsters and. Appalachian creatures and kind of uh, cosmic creatures at, at sometimes too, and he plays a silver string guitar, fights evil, all that. So that that would make uh, like a really cool like kind of half hour series, I think. I'm surprised uh, that hasn't happened. So I think that'd be a nice, cheap, easy series. Okay. And then I brought this one. Uh, this one is another series of short horror stories called uh, Polyphemus by Michael Shea, and he is the guy who wrote uh, the short story The Autopsy which was on that oh. Del Toro's uh, first season of Cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably his most famous story. This might be his most famous book. So it's a series of short stories. 
uh, horror short stories and that kind of stuff. So I haven't read that one yet. So I'm going to read that one after I get done with John the Balladeer. Are they going to do another Cabinet of Curiosity? I haven't heard anything about yeah, it. Neither have I. And I know I thought I've seen Del Toro posting on social media, and he hasn't really said anything about it getting another season yet. And I really, really hope it does. It's one of those uh, yeah. shows that I kind of leave on in the background sometimes, <laughs> yeah. even if I'm not watching anything, hoping that it'll Netflix be like, oh, it's getting some minutes. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It was so, good. like I said, those are all from Valancourt Books. Uh, they got their own website. I'm sure. I think some of you can find on Amazon. They they do paperbacks. These are. Uh, laminated board hardcover yeah so the paperbacks are around like just under 20 bucks these are closer to 30 because I, I i want me some nice hardcover books sure sure they all look you want of, some character with they your look book. they look nice and spiffy they're all together yeah so that's valancourt books that's some some good stuff that's kind of my reading list for a while okay and that's show and tell with mr pbs do you light the candle and put your sleeping hat on no well not the, uh maybe my sleeping hat but i need my any my nice 100 watt light bulb I do the, I do the, uh, I'm a yellow light bulb man. Oh, are Some, you? Sometimes though, you know, I like, like your, that's nice and warm light. Yeah. Sometimes you need the, the, the hard white. So, uh, sometimes I like the white and sometimes I like the yellow, but yeah. sometimes the white gives me migraines. So yeah. they say, I think the white's better for you like yeah. during the winter and stuff. Yeah. But I like, I like that nice cozy yellow. Hmm. Takes me back. All right. Well, we've got one last segment for you. And uh, let me share the screen. Thanksgiving, man. Uh, directed by Eli Roth, the latest slasher from Eli Roth. and Based on his fake trailer from uh, Grindhouse. <laughs> yeah, from Grindhouse, yes. Right. Uh, man, so Rob Zilla and I went and saw this the night before Thanksgiving, actually. Got us in the Thanksgiving mood. Uh, yeah. What a refreshing take on slashers man like it just felt like it uh like a throwback to the 90s slasher genre and that's what i'm hearing yeah like it it felt like something like scream i know what you did last summer and uh what was the other one the uh oh shit like valentine's day not valentine's day um what was the one with uh urban legend Urban legend. legend, yeah. I was getting ready to say yeah. uh, your boy from 30 Seconds to Mars. Jared Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto, yeah. yeah. Urban legend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it just felt like those movies. Like, it had that kind of vibe to it. Uh, it's So, you know, it's a very anti-capitalist movie uh, theme to it. <laughs> but uh, basically, yeah. this, like, super center is having this... Uh, black friday sale that's kind of going into thanksgiving night i guess you could say it's starting at thanksgiving night and these people are lined up and the one of the girls uh whose father owns this line of stores or whatever she sneaks in because they need to get like a phone charger or something before they go out to some party or some shit or the movies and uh the crowd is getting pretty uh rowdy because they want their free waffle iron <laughs> like the first like 100 people get a free waffle iron or something okay. but you know they they're like teasing the people once they're inside they're like teasing the crowd you know look at us we're in there and it creates this uh what you normally used to see on thanksgiving people rushing the door and getting trampled on and uh a couple people to end up dying but anyway good, good old days 
on the the, the yeah. anniversary of this, people start getting killed. Okay, you know, by and it's in Plymouth, uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, you know, so it's like a big thing for Thanksgiving and James Carver and uh, but the killer wears a James Carver mask and okay, I uh, mean he fucks some people up though. But, right. I, I want I want now that I'm thinking about it, like I want to I want a movie called Black Friday about somebody killing people at like a Black Friday stampede. Oh yeah. Uh, but I mean, well, this is pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah. But uh, super fun movie, though. Uh, like I said, if you're a fan of slashers, you're gonna fucking love this movie. Uh, I really haven't talked to anybody that um, dislikes it. Mm-hmm. I, it's only, making money. They've already greenlit a sequel. Yeah, movie. and that's the thing. Eli Roth got yeah. on uh, social media the other day, and he was like, "Look, I just got a call from Sony. We're gonna make part two. But I guess they said they're yeah. they're aiming to have it come out um, like Thanksgiving time, twenty twenty five. Okay, so the, yeah. I would assume they're gonna churn churn it out and get production going pretty quickly. Even though he yeah. he said they're gonna take a year to kind of get everything in order for it. Right. So it must not take a long time to shoot these movies. I'm guessing probably a couple. Depends on if he's got so like. To, well, we're so used to having Marvel movies that take years to come out. Now we got movies yeah. are which is practical they come out within a year i think i think it would take just however long to write it well, if, i mean look if, how if they quick, got a sequel idea ready or not look how quick they get the the new screen movie shot mm. i mean it feels like those movies right. are done in a couple months and they're i mean that between the last two was like a year or less yeah yeah, yeah. Well, they put them out back to back years i thought didn't they yep i think so but yeah well, and, not, well not this one coming up <laughs> but it was really good uh patrick dempsey was really good in it um, who else was in this that is recognizable? Tim, Must be uh, a slasher. Tim Dillon. Yeah, Tim Dillon was actually in this. Yeah, he plays a security guard at the uh, uh, the store. At the mm-hmm. store, and okay. people are yelling at him. He's like, "You'll get your fucking free waffle iron." <laughs> but uh, okay, okay. yeah, Tim Tim Dillon has some awesome scenes in this. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to IMDb real quick. Let's see who else we can pinpoint down there was like one other guy that was recognizable in it well then a woman too Gina Gerson I think okay look at this the savant over here of useless information yep I always thought she was so hot back in the yeah, day Gina Gerson oh, yeah. why I don't really recognize her though like is there some, what was she in she was the other girl in uh, uh, uh what was the, what's the movie with um Elizabeth Berkeley from Saved by the Bell. Showgirls. Oh, Showgirls. Yeah, she yeah. was. She was in uh, Bound. Yeah. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's in. Yeah. She's been in Chucky, was, the TV series. One episode, though. Yeah. She was the wife of the guy in Showgirls. Yeah. I, it's funny. She has a lot of shitty stuff that she's in. <laughs> yeah. She's a working she's actress. She's a great actress, but she's hot. Yep. Yep. She was in Cockblockers. I didn't know that. She she played Kathy, whoever Kathy was. She's in four episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine. I do remember her though. Now that you say it, from uh, what you call it, Showgirls. Yeah, Showgirls. Yeah, there it is. Known. She's known for Bound, Killer Joe, Showgirls, and P.S. I Love You. Okay, who was the other guy that was in this? Uh, oh, Rick Hoffman. 
and here I'll put him up on the screen for okay, those. Okay, from uh, Suits, maybe most notably recently Suits. Yeah, I mean he he's yeah. a guy that's in shit, but you're like, oh, that's that I run, I know that guy. He's been in tons of shit, but you never know his name. So he's known for Suits, Ballers, Billions, and Hostel. Hostel's probably what I remember him most from. Hostel and Suits for me. Yeah, you always see the clips of him like talking shit in uh, Suits. Yeah. CSI Miami, two episodes. He always plays like a douchebag, too. Yeah, kind of like a jerk. Yeah. Always. Yeah. He's like the sleazy guy that's trying to get away with stuff. Right. Imagine that. Maybe we should have him on one day. Yeah. We should. He was in one episode of Chuck. Imagine that. All right. But yeah, it's really good, though. Like, it was very refreshing to, you know, have, have a, a slash head slasher. Yeah, just something that brought you back in the 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 feel you had watching slashers back at, when you were a kid. Mm. Renting them '90s movies. Yeah, obviously the '90s was our era, so mm. it would be you know us being kids. But it was it was really solid. I gave it four out of five stars. I mean, that's how much I. I'm, we had we had fun watching it too. I mean, yeah, I think I gave it three point five. I, I, it was a fun movie. Fun. Yeah. Fun slasher. And, and there, sure, there's some cheesy parts in there, but you laugh at some things, and mm-hmm. and then it had the nice kill scenes, and uh, I don't really remember it being too gory or anything like that. What are you doing, Rob? Yeah, what? <laughs> huh? Yeah, it was pretty gory. You think so? I don't like yeah. remember being like grossed out about anything. Well, there's one kill scene that's pretty graphic. You talking about like the 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 baking scene? No, I'm talking about the 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 Russian girl. Oh yeah, okay. And then the, it, it's like tame gore though. Like if you're a horror fan, you're used to that stuff. Well, I'm so I'm saying it's it's gory, but like it doesn't affect me. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, I'm it's not saying. that bad though. I mean, it's tasteful gore. I mean, it's nothing that's gonna like gross you out. But more, it's more like, oh man, that would hurt so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, I don't know if you've seen like Eli Roth. Like, I guess like, yeah, I'm. I don't think it's like any gorier than like Hostile or something like that. But no, it's it's probably about maybe a little bit less, but it's it's near there. You know, but, for a slasher, no, I think I think it's probably in there, but I don't know. It, it like, I don't know. I judge gore anymore now by like tons of blood and stuff like that so yeah maybe i'm just desensitized to it now <laughs> i'm just like yeah whatever probably, this is probably what it is yeah but man i had a lot of fun watching this and i mean uh it was a nice movie to go you know go to the theater and and have fun like we had fun going to the movie and watching this it was it was a blast man even though we had some assholes yeah, really that fun. like were talking through the whole movie oh like, yeah oh yeah dude they were like he was like oh my god what are they doing what are they doing you know, like it's adding like, their own commentary. We know to shut the fuck like, up. No yeah, one cares. Shut this up. isn't mystery science theater, <laughs> dude. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, very refreshing, and I'm I'm glad to see Eli Roth like get a hit. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's kind of been quiet the past uh, for a while now. I mean, I'm uh kind of hit or miss on Mr. Eli Roth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah. do. I did like Cabin Fever quite a bit when it came out. And I've been a little more uh, me on some of his releases since then. I was I wasn't big into the 
Was he like, did he direct Hostor or was he like the producer on some of that stuff? He, uh, I believe he, he was. Eli. He's he the producer it. on Cabin Fever. I thought he directed Cabin Fever. Did he? Hold on. Let's see. I just see, I'm looking at what he's known for. Yeah, he's also the so director. He directed Hostel. Yeah, I remember him being like getting, you know, like Hostel was like, I don't know if it was what put him over, but he, he was a really big name after Hostel. Yeah, right. Like Cabin I Fever was, was like his the breakthrough. Big break for him was, was Hostel. Cabin Fever was 2002. Okay, let's go here. Uh, what is he known for? Uh, I can get that fucking ad off the screen. Okay, so Cabin Fever was 2002. Um, Inglorious Bastards was 2009. Hostel was 2005. Right, he acted in uh, Inglorious Bastards. He was the, the bear Jew. Yeah, he was the bear yeah. Jew. The bear Jew. Hey, Donnie, he wants to die for country. Oblige him. <laughs> it's funny, like... What are you known for? The fake trailer in Grindhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see here. If we go to director, he has 21 credits. He did direct uh, Death Wish, the 2018 remake. Did he really? I didn't know that. The House with a Clock in Its Walls, which uh, I, I kind of wanted to see. It's one with like Jack Black. That was supposed to be pretty decent. It's actually pretty good. It's oh, pretty good. I didn't. I totally forgot that he, he directed Knock Knock. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, man. <laughs> I thought the Green Inferno from like ten years ago was sort of his last big kind of horror movie. I didn't see that one yet. It's the Cannibal movie. I've seen clips, but I never seen the full movie. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen Green Inf Green Inferno. I like it's on that list of like gr like gross, gory movies mm -hmm. that people need to watch or whatever. Oh, Hemlock Grove. He directed one episode of that. That show was kind of like hit and miss. It's hit and miss. Some episode, like you have to commit to that show to like before it gets really good. So, because I know Bill Skarsgård is in any. Um, yes, yes. Okay. Oh, what else does he he got here? Uh, yeah, Cabin Fever looks to be his big breakthrough. Two thousand two. So, and then it took him two. Well, three years to get uh, hostile. Hostile deleted scenes. Hostile 2. Okay. Hostile 2 was pretty... That's probably like the last good one that they did. The rest of them are just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably one of the better sequels, so... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, it They kind of go downhill after that. Well, I don't think Eli Roth has anything to do with those. No, think. no, you can you can tell because even the quality of those movies goes way downhill. Yeah, but that's all we have. I mean, that's it. I don't have anything else to say to you. Uh, I hope you two finally watch the new Indiana Jones film now that it's streaming on Disney Plus today. Yeah, it is. That's right. Oh. I've totally forgot about that. Did you like that? Yeah, I was into it. Okay. Um. Better than Crystal Skull, certainly. <laughs> uh, you know, can't live up to the original trilogy for me. It, you know, nothing can, you know. Right, but uh, right, I was, right, I was right. pretty into it. There's only one thing about it, I guess, I really didn't like, and I'll, I'll, I'll save that till after you guys hopefully watch it. Okay. Well, I will have it on my list, and hopefully, we'll talk about it next time when we get around to yeah. our um, maybe best movies of the year, or whatever. You can see where it ranks on my list for you, movie of the year. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Um, 
yeah, watch Thanksgiving if you get a chance. Go to the theater. Uh, new Godzilla movies out. Yeah, the new Godzilla, Godzilla minus one. A lot of people are saying good things about it. They were saying that's like one of the best Godzilla movies ever come out in a long time. Yeah. Did, have you watched the show yet? No, I'm going to do that actually probably this coming week probably. How hard is it to fucking <laughs> go to Apple and sign up for the fucking thing, pay Does, six doesn't bucks Doesn't he got... Isn't that like a weekly release though? So maybe maybe yeah. he wants to wait till they're all out. Yeah. Fuck him. He can watch <laughs> yeah. them as they come out every week. I haven't watched no. the I haven't watched the last two though, so I am guilty of that. But don't make any excuses up for this guy. <laughs> you see what he's doing right now? He's sitting on the couch. I'm on the floor, bitch. Okay. Whatever. You're by the couch. <laughs> You're by. The- there you go. You got to get down there with Brownie. Yeah. So do you sit down there with him the whole time? He'll lay there and sleep with me, and then he'll get up and wander around, and then go lay down. Exactly, that's what dogs do. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, that's what they do. All right, so this has been episode one hundred and seventy-three of the Sleazy Podcast. Uh, my call to action, as always, is to share the show. Make sure you hit that like button and subscribe button too. Those are very important. And make sure you're commenting on, uh, you know, like the YouTube uh, For the love of videos. God, comment. comment on the social media, like when we post the actual things. Let us know what you like about the show. Talk some shit. Talk some shit. We need, that's, that should be like, uh, like an after show. Talk yeah. some shit. Talk some shit. Yeah. To Robzilla, though. Yeah. Mainly, mainly Robzilla. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really don't care. Just talk Bye some me. shit. All right. Like uh, what I say, subscribe to the YouTube, like the pages, the TikToks. Yeah, all, we're, all that fun stuff. Share the show. We're share a, the show. We're available everywhere. So just like your mom. Tell your friends. <laughs> ah, all right. Slut. Keep it sleazy. Thanks for listening to the Sleazy Podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and remember, listen to Sleazy.